0: It's Lacey Skulls from VH1's Rock of Love. And this is Talk of Love, the new podcast. This isn't just reality. This is real life. Hey, everyone. It's Lacey motherfucking Skulls. And this is Talk of Love, episode 55. How are you guys? How is everybody doing? Good, I hope. Um, So, God, there has been so much craziness going on the last couple of weeks. I don't even know where to start. Um, I guess I'll start with a lot of you have been asking me what my thoughts are on all of the Sharon Osborne drama. And, uh, so I want to touch on that for a minute. Um, I want to start with, um, obviously this all starts with the interview with, um, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry with Oprah Winfrey, which happened a couple of weeks ago. So I actually didn't really know anything about the royal family and I never, I, I never really understood why, I mean, of course it makes sense why people in in uh, in the UK are all about the royal family. But as far as like us Americans, I really didn't understand the appeal. I just thought it was like, well, maybe like American girls just like wish that they were with a prince or something like that. You know, it was like some kind of like Cinderella thing. So I, I just, you know, I I never really followed the royal family. I didn't know anything about it. And then I I remember um, a few years ago when Prince Harry and Meghan Markle were getting married, it was like all over the TV. I couldn't avoid it. I was like, why do people care? I don't get it. And um, so I, I had the TV on one day and they were doing like basically a little, um, like a mini documentary about the life of... Megan and Prince Harry, and so it was on. So I was like, "All right, I'll watch for a couple of minutes." Like, who are these people? Why does Why does anybody care? I I totally understood the Princess Diana thing. That one I got, but um, I started watching this and learning about Prince Harry and Megan, and I was like, "Oh my god, I totally get it. These are amazing people." And what I really liked about them was um, the fact that they that both of them, independent of each other. We're very much into um, humanitarian causes and helping their communities and helping other communities. And they just both seemed like really, really good people separate from each other. And then they came together and found each other. And and that's when, um, you know, they realized how much they had in common. And I really also liked how humble they came across as far as like, to me anyway. And um, Prince Harry just seemed like just a a good soul. And so did Meghan. So I'm like, okay, I I totally get it. I like these people. They got married. And and then I sort of stopped paying attention after that. Um, So I started hearing all the drama recently as far as like the tabloids going after um, Megan specifically. And I heard about this interview with Oprah. So I was like, all right, I'm invested. I'm going to watch. And so my husband and I, we watched the whole interview with Oprah. And my heart really went out to her specifically because I would imagine... You know, if you think about it from her perspective, she's an American girl. She seems to be very independent. She had this acting career. I mean, obviously, anybody that can get some success in acting, you have to work your ass off for that. You have to deal with a lot of rejection. So she seemed to have done really well for herself. From what I understood, she had a lot of friends. She was used to, you know, being in Los Angeles and that lifestyle. Um, as far as like being social. And so to kind of, I mean, for anybody to be uprooted from their lifestyle and then move somewhere else that's unfamiliar to you and now move to another country that's a completely different culture than yours and then leave behind, you know, all of the work that you put into your career. Now you're going to leave that behind, leave behind your friends. I mean, and, and then also be in the spotlight and have to fill these shoes that are like, nearly impossible to fill. So when she was saying that it really took a toll on her um, psychologically, I was like, I get it. I totally understand. And then when she started talking about how she had thoughts of being suicidal, of course, you guys know that I lost my mother to suicide. So that's something that really kind of strikes a chord with me. And, you know, um, anybody who has a loved one that that is talking about feeling suicidal, they are lucky if they actually get to know that because a lot of times people will just, you know, um, take their own lives quietly and that's devastating because you're like, God, I wish I had known, I maybe I could have done more, maybe not, I don't know. But with Megan, the fact that she was open about that, not only to her husband and to those around her, but to like the whole world who's watching her, you know, on this interview, I thought that was very brave of her. Um, I. My heart just absolutely went out to her. I felt I felt so so sorry for her that that is something that she was going through. So now, fast forward to um, Piers Morgan. I will let you guys know that I really don't like Piers Morgan. I think that he is a troll. I think he's a really mean person. I I just think he's a jerk. I think he's arrogant. Um, he doubles down like on all of the wrong things. And so when I learned that he was just like, just relentlessly badgering and going after Megan like obsessively for years, I, I didn't understand why he was doing this. It, it really didn't make any sense to me. And he was just coming across as like a troll. But then I was on Twitter one day and I saw, this was recently, and I saw that, um, Somebody had dug up these old interviews of Pierce where he was basically saying that like he bought her a drink at a bar a long time ago. And basically he he, like thought she was cute and he liked her. And then she left the bar and went and she met um, Prince Harry, and he was like, and I, I she ghosted me. That was his one thing that he said. He's like, she ghosted me. I haven't talked to her again since then. And so then it made sense. I was like, oh, Piers was like crushing on Megan, and he got his ego bruised when she didn't fall for Piers Morgan. Like, he's all that. Like, oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't fall for a troll. And I don't even mean that like physicality. I mean, like who he is as a human being. He's just like a mean, a mean, jealous bitter person. And so when you go, oh, it's because she turned him down. Like, I think a lot of us girls have been in situations like that where somebody was interested in us and we weren't really interested in them back. And even if you try to like let them down gently, sometimes our egos just will not accept it. And then now you are like the enemy. Like, how dare you say no to me? How dare you turn me down? Because they can't deal with the rejection. So instead of dealing with the rejection like a normal human being, they get shitty and they like just try to tear you down. And that's what he's been doing to Megan just relentlessly, you know? Um, I, I do know that Piers tends to do that to Girls who are young and beautiful or perceived as beautiful, he seems to have a pattern of that. Like if you guys remember, he did this with the um with the Kardashians. He was super shitty. He was like basically slut shaming them, um, you know, saying, like, oh, little girls, you know, sh- shouldn't that shouldn't be the role model. I'm like, leave them alone. You know, I'm not like a huge Kardashian fan necessarily, but like they're fine, you know, like there's always gonna be. Women like that in pop culture, I mean Paris Hilton, you know all those girls they don't really have like an obvious talent except for just like being entertaining in their just in their own existence, you know and they 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 hype up the sex appeal and they're like there's nothing wrong with that you know i mean we've we've got the Taylor Swifts we've got all these other women to balance that out. it's okay to have like Kim Kardashian. Like I think the girls are going to grow up and be just fine Piers Morgan, you know. And um and he was just like relentlessly tearing them down as well. And you know, the pattern for him seems to be to do this to young, beautiful, attractive women. And it's like, "Oh, Piers, some girl said no to you when you were young and you just never got over it. Did you? <laughs> you know, that's really to me is what's going on. A lot of people said that, um, that he's racist as well. I, to be honest with you, I haven't been following him that closely, but if, if people are, are, are seeing that in him, then I believe it, you know? So one thing that really pissed me off though was when he started Attacking Megan and saying after the Oprah interview and saying that she's a liar. Everything that comes out of her, her mouth is a lie, including her thoughts of suicide. And he, he said, I don't believe it. I don't believe she had those thoughts. Um, that really floored me because I mean, there's a number of reasons here. Um, for starters, you know, it's interesting because the whole, the whole believe women movement, um, That was usually having to do with any kind of like sexual assault, sexual harassment. Women are being called liars. And so when you hear a woman who is brave enough to come forward and say like, hey, I've been a victim of this, believe women, right? So now I'm starting to see like, oh, it's not just survivors of sexual assault, sexual harassment that are not being believed. It's just like women generally. I mean, like why on earth would anybody lie about feeling suicidal? Like Oh well, because she's a pretty woman that you know um, turned me down once. A liar, you know. I mean, so I feel like believe women used to be applied in situations like this too. Because here's what's going to happen: if you guys think about when a woman comes forward and says she's been sexual sexually her, um, assaulted, and then she's publicly called a liar. What is that going to do for other women who have been sexually assaulted, but who haven't come forward about it yet? They're going to go, well, shit, when she did it, she was called a liar. So like, I, why should I come forward? I'm just going to keep that to myself because I don't want to be called a liar. So I would imagine the same thing would happen with mental health. You know, they're watching people who are are going through a crisis are watching Megan be called a liar when she's saying, I feel suicidal. So that's going to make them what? want to come forward? No, of course not. So it really does a disservice, not just to Megan, but like people everywhere. You know, we need to not be discouraging um, being open about psychological issues that we're dealing with. We need to be encouraged to come forward and to talk about that because when it comes to suicide, that's literally a life and death situation. And if somebody feels like they can't speak up about feeling suicidal— you might lose that person altogether. So what Piers did is so, so damaging on a number of levels. And it's, it's a toxic behavior. And I really think that he's a piece of shit for it. Um, now let's get to Sharon Osborne. Um, I'll tell you this. You guys know that I'm a big fan of Sharon. Um, I've, I always loved, um, how she was able to navigate the music industry, male dominated music industry for so many decades and and keep her husband on on track when he was dealing with like alcohol and all that. And she just, you know, is a strong, powerful woman. She's a force to be reckoned with. And I even said, when I went into um, charm school, I was really excited that it was Sharon, but I was also um, a bit intimidated. And I I do not intimidate easily at all. But I was intimidated by Sharon because I knew she had this side to her that like she either was going to, fully embrace you and be amazing or like she's gonna cut your fucking head off, you know? That's her reputation. I think that's how she was able to survive in the music industry for so long. Now, I will be honest with you guys. I don't watch the talk. I don't know who any of those women are on that show. I just I just am not really into like daytime television. But um, but when I saw on Twitter that she was like, I fully stand by peers, I, I get, that she wants to be loyal to her friend. I understand that. And, and on normal circumstances, I think that loyalty is a very, very admirable quality in a person. However, um, this was not the time because what Pierce said was so hurtful, not just to Megan, but to like, to everybody felt that, right? And a lot of people were going, is, is this a racist thing? So there's a lot of pain behind what shitstorm Pierce had stirred up. So that was not the right time for Sharon to go like, I back him no matter what. Um, you know, if anything, I think that that Sharon should have just um kept her mouth shut. But if she was truly a good friend, she would have called Piers and gone, Piers, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like shut the fuck up, you know? Um, he's a fucking troll, you know? So I I I I think that she was wrong in doing that. Um and also when she was being um, questioned about it when she was actually on the talk. I I saw that whole uh, scene, if you will, that whole moment where she was really snapping at Cheryl Underwood. I thought that the the way she talked to Cheryl was incredibly disrespectful, but at the same time, that is Sharon. Like if you cross her, she's going to get nasty. Now I'm not excusing it. But what I will say where Sharon was also wrong is when it comes to issues of people saying, I am feeling hurt and I am feeling pain in a situation that is race related or I am feeling hurt and I'm feeling pain in a situation that is gender related or if it's um, an LGBTQ situation, that is not the time to get an attitude and start getting defensive and get your ego involved. You have to take your ego out. And so what Sharon should have done is she should have, like, I understand that, like, the shock of being accused of being racist or whatever, but she really should have just been like, okay, I, I don't understand where you guys are coming from, but, um, you know, I'm willing to listen, but she should have said it with compassion in her heart, not with her ego driving that, that, um, that viciousness that she can have, you know, it was the wrong way to handle it. And in handling it that way and in, in involving her ego, all she did was, you know, dig herself in deeper and upset even more people. So I, I do think that Sharon handled it wrong. Um, I, I think that, um, I think that we haven't seen the full story though. Um, I know that Sharon's saying a lot of things about how she feels like she was set up. I don't really understand exactly where she's coming from. I feel like I can't really give a clear opinion either way um, because I feel like there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle still missing. Um, oh, another thing I will say that um, that I did recently learn is that apparently, uh, you guys will have to forgive me because again, I don't watch the show. I don't know the names of all the ladies, but one of the women apparently um, is, uh, is an, Asian woman and Sharon was saying some really racist, horrible slurs about that woman. If that is true, that is disgusting. It is deplorable. It doesn't matter if you're a ball buster or what your story is. You cannot make it about race, about gender, about sexual orientation, about religion. You just cannot go there because you're not just hurting the person. You're hurting an entire group of people that has already been subjected to so much pain. It's not cool if Sharon did that that is disgusting. Um, so I, I'm curious though, I feel like we haven't seen the end of this yet. So I will probably um, be adding to this conversation more next time or the week after um, because I just I feel like we haven't seen the full picture yet. But um, but yeah, that's my take on it. Um, I, at the end of the day, I think Piers is the biggest shithead of the whole entire thing, but Sharon was wrong to back him. And if the allegations are true that Sharon was Using racist remarks and slurs, then, you know, that, that's disappointing. And. It's, it's not okay, and it's not acceptable. So anyway, that's my thoughts on all of that. Um, I am really excited to change, change gears here. I'm really excited about my next guest. I was a big fan of hers, and uh, she is just killing it at life. I can't wait to hear all the tea she has to spill on Flavor of Love 3. You know her as Seasons. Please welcome Autumn Joy. Hey, girl, what's up? How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. (laughs) You're so welcome. Thank you for joining me. I swear to God, you look like you did Flavor of Love yesterday. Like you look exactly the same. You look amazing. Well, I'm sure you've heard black don't crack, so here we go. <laughs> you are walking, living proof of that, for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, yeah, so I, I'm excited to have you. You and I were just talking just before this, and uh, you were saying that a lot of people were reaching out um, to you. I got to say, everybody was like, you got to get seasons. You got to get seasons. People are really stoked for you.
1: I know. I saw the, the comments uh, when you posted our flyer. And I was reading some of the questions and I was like, hey, I am an open book. I will, that was 12 years ago. I am so far removed from that. I will answer whatever you all want to hear. So awesome. I'm ready.
0: I really appreciate that. Yeah. And, and one thing I'm, I'm really excited to have you on because I was checking out your Instagram and it looks like you're doing just like awesome stuff. Like you're working at a local news station. Is that right?
1: Well, so I work on a radio, so I'm a radio personality. So what a lot of people didn't know, Lacey, was when I actually was like on Flavor of Love, I was a radio personality. I was doing overnights in Washington, DC at WKYS. So radio has always been like my thing. But yeah, currently I do middays at WHUR um, in 96.3 in DC, which is Howard University's heritage station. So we're the number one music station in the DMV. So we're doing great. My show is doing really well. So yay. Nice,
0: that is so awesome. And I know that um, I had Ice on a few months ago and she does radio also. And she's like also like you, she's killing it too.
1: Yeah. And it's so funny because our season, she was she was the one that was like bragging about being on the radio. So I kept mine completely under wraps. Smart. I was like, no one can have that. I'm not saying anything, but yeah, I was fully into my radio career at that time.
0: That's, you know, it's really funny because this was consistent throughout all the flavor of love seasons and throughout the rock of love seasons, you know, because it was a competition and we were just looking for like any little reason, anything that we could find to like knock out the competition and knock the other girls out. And one of the go-tos was like, you're not really here for bread or you're not really here for Flav. You're just here to be on TV. And I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, like pretty much most of the girls had some kind of career having to do with um, entertainment or radio or music or or something. And it's like, what person in their right mind would go on a dating show just to go like to be on TV to to find love? Like would, that's like the worst place to try to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you all at least your, Brett was attractive. Like the thing <laughs> that we always got was like, how can you go in there? He looks like a roach, and you know. But yeah, it was. I did not expect to make it as far as I did, and I definitely didn't expect for them to pick me. I w- with my audition, it was it was very different from what the other girls had to do. So okay, again, when I was in radio. My a girl that was at the station knew some of the producers. And so they had hit her up. Oh. And her, yeah, if she knew any girls. And you know how I'm sure you probably have heard this early on, like, oh, you should do reality. You're so funny. Ah. So I would always hear that. And she's like, Well, you should go and audition for Flavor of Love. And I was like, Flavor of Flame? Hell no. I, I was everybody else. Um, but because she was my girl, I said, Look, she hooked, she hooked up the interview. So I just went. And talk to the producers, and they fell in love with me. And That's again, awesome. I left the, the the you know the meeting not really thinking I was going to get it. But when I saw that three one zero number like a week later, I was like, oh snap! Nice, liked me.
0: Okay, <laughs> that is awesome. Have you watched the first two seasons of Flavor of Love? Oh my god, I was glued to Flavor of Love me because. Too. We all, you know, Rock
1: of Love, Flavor of Love, those were like the early, you know, we, we, we crawled so Love and Hip Hop and, you know, all of these other shows could run, you know, like we were the originators. We, we didn't have, we didn't know what we were doing. It was, it was reality television. We did not have anything to go off of. So, yeah, I was a huge fan of the first two seasons.
0: Yeah, those shows were so much fun. I was completely, before I even knew that there was going to be a rock of love, I was addicted to flavor of love. Those shows were just like a blast. And I got to say, um, I, I, I don't know how old you are. I think that I'm a bit older than you. I'm in my forties and, um, when I just want to address when I, I have seen people online give you girls a hard time like, oh, Flav is ugly or whatever. How could you make out with him So I have kind of a different take on that. Um, I mean, I personally am not attracted to Flav, but I will say um the reason I brought up my age is because when I was growing up, like Public Enemy was the shit, you know? And like Flavor Flav was the shit. And so from a, just like a music standpoint and a performer standpoint, I thought he was so fucking cool, you know? Yeah. And so- had I been on on that show, I think that I just would have been, um, I mean, he's iconic to me. Like even before Flavor of Love, Flav to me is like an, a music icon. And so I would have been looking at him from that perspective. And I will say too, I thought that he was really sweet to you girls, you know, and to compare that to, um, I personally like, I think that Chance is really entertaining, but he is not nice to the girls at all. But Flay was sweet to you guys. So I would kind of, I would get it if somebody fell for him.
1: Yeah. And it's so funny you should say that because that was like directly after the show. That was like one of the questions I would always get. Well, after does his breath stink? And I'm like, no. (laughs) Um, But chat, you know what? Flay was one of the sweetest people like, and so it, after I came off the show and I would hear people speak negatively of him, I would get a little offended because I'm like, no, like he is really a good guy. And I can say that our, our our bond formed very early. Our bond formed the first night when I introduced myself to him, you know? And even, even within that, I was very unconventional with how I approached him to, for him to like notice me. And so from that point on, Flave just really took a liking to me, and and you know, he, like you said, he was very accommodating. Even when the cameras weren't rolling, he was always checking, like, "Hey, seasons, you okay? You need some water? You know, you know, because he he's th- two seasons in at this point, so he you know he's been there, done that. So yeah, no, he's a he was a great guy. He is a great guy.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I I really like, um, and I'll say this about Brett Michaels too. I really like how humble both of them are. You know. And, um, yeah, I thought, I thought that was really awesome. So, um, okay. So you got to audition through your, um, through your, your friend at your radio station knew one of the producers and was like, you should do this. So how yeah. soon did you find out that you had made the cut?
1: So my girlfriends and I, we decided to fly to Miami and we were literally Lacey, I kid you not. We're laying on the beach, like sunning and funning, and drinking, getting drunk, falling asleep, waking up, you know how it is. And my phone rings, it's a flip phone. So I flipped it up and I see the 310 number. And I was like, California? I don't know anyone in California. So I pick up and then, you know, they, hey, it's such and such from 51 Mines and da 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 da, so on and so forth. And so they faxed my contract, which you know is like this gigantic. (laughs) Yeah. I literally like divided it up. I gave one stack to my sister, one stack to my other homegirl. So there was like four of my friends. I was like, just initial <laughs> the bottom, and then they they found a clinic for me to go. And as you know, we we all had to get tested. You yeah. know, so I did all of that. Um, but then the week after, I flew to the um, to Italy with my mom. She's that she was oh. competing um, professionally in track and field. Oh, so cool. I, you know, yeah, my mom though. <laughs> Um, So, you know, I I accompanied her there and I had one day between Italy and my flight to LA to pack my stuff to get, you know, to get ready. So my outfits were like kind of thrown in there, jumbled up. I don't even remember how, I think I repeated an outfit multiple times, like (laughs) remixed stuff, you know, because again, I didn't think I was going to make it that far. You know, these girls were completely different from who I was. And I realized that once we got to LA, they put us all in different rooms they took our phones we couldn't talk we had to just wait and when we um, left our room to take us down to the van we couldn't talk to anybody mm-hmm. we couldn't look at any of the other girls they were they did not want us forming any kind of off-camera friendships and it was just a lot but here's where here's where I knew I thought I was going home. I had on jeans and like a like a little like a, like a long kind of like a t-shirt thing and like a, a, a leather bomber these girls had on like mini skirts, (laughs) yeah, tops. And I was like, oh my God, what am I doing here? Like, there's no way. But, you know, again, I I saw early on and when me and Flay formed our bond, I kind of, I found my footing. I I figured it out. I was like, you know what? Okay, I can can do this. All right. I I know I'm cuter than her. So I'm (laughs) I'm gonna just stay a little bit longer.
0: (laughs) Nice. That's awesome. So when you went in to the show, did you have... Uh, did you have a game plan? Cause I'm I'm sure obviously you saw the other seasons. Some of the girls are super competitive. They're super cutthroat. Were you, did you have a plan for that? Or were you just going to be like, I'm just going to be myself. I'm going to, or were you going to do a character? Like, what were you, what was your game plan going in if you had one?
1: Yeah, well, I, so like everyone else, I knew I couldn't go in with like that New York kind of an attitude. So I, I just was like, I'm just going to be myself. And so, so early on, again, when okay so me and another one of the girls we were like upstairs in the room because they were down there already drinking it was the first night and the producers I noticed had started pairing off specific girls with Flay and so I was like okay they didn't come and get me so I asked one of the producers I said hey you know um when can I get my time with Flav? and they were like, "Well, you got to get in where you fit in." So I'm like, "Oh, snap." Like, I don't the <laughs> girl that goes home on the first night, that's embarrassing. So, so I just I just got creative. I I had a, my my brother who was incarcerated at the time. I grabbed a picture of my brother and I Flave was, was downstairs, there was one girl sitting on his lap, another girl was like massaging him, three girls were standing around. It was like eight girls standing around him. And here I am with my jeans and a blazer looking like a a receptionist. I'm like, okay, how am I going to get him away from these girls? So I literally just walked up to him. And this is what I said, Lacey. I kid you not. I said, Lave, if you want a real woman, you should come holla at Seasons.
0: I don't know where that came from. Nice. Nice. Uh It's the confidence. uh The confidence. That is attractive. People love the confidence. And literally, like the girls
1: were like, "Uh uh-uh, he's not. But Flav was like, no, 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 excuse me. And like, picked the girl up and was like, I'm going to go with seasons. I was like, oh, snap, it worked. Oh no, what am I going to do? <laughs> I took him over to a chair and he sat down and I showed him a picture of my brother, you know, who was incarcerated. And because I did, I went to go visit my brother, uh, maybe like a month prior. He was the one that really was like, you should just do it. Like, why not? Um, and so I told him that. And, you know, Flave, of course, as we know, his public enemy track record, he's been incarcerated multiple times. So I just think that that, Um, you know, that kind of struck a chord with him and I was really my authentic self and Literally from that point on like he was always checking for me always making sure I was okay And so I do think because I was authentically myself the whole time You know that that's what won him over and that's why I lasted so long
0: That totally makes sense to me because I think from my perspective you were kind of Just when it was just you and him you were being vulnerable You were showing him something about yourself. That was something that um not only was somebody that you care about going through, but you're going through that as well. So I yeah. think because you, you right off the bat opened up, then mm-hmm. it made him go like, Oh, you're not just like rubbing your tits in his face and all that and rubbing your crotch on him. You know, like you're, you're going like, Hey, here's something about me right out the gate. So you can kind yeah. of get to know me. And I, I, I totally make sense why he gravitated towards you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So one thing that everybody, is asking so I got to, Of course, I have to ask you this. Everybody wants to know about sincere and and I will tell you. I you know I watched all three seasons of Flavor of Love back in the day, and then um, recently I kind of rewatched everything just to refresh my memory. And I was like, where exactly is sincere having a problem with seasons? Like I couldn't see it, and she was like shitty. Like right out the gate, she's like, you're a nobody. And like, why do you think she targeted you? Lacey, I'm I'm gonna tell you exactly what happened with that. Okay. The next
1: morning after everybody the first elimination, you know how they would take us off individually to do our separate interviews. So that's what I was doing. The next morning, I was doing my interview. I came back, I'm in the kitchen, you know, the girls are everywhere. I'm just randomly talking to some of the girls. Saint Louis, one of the girls, she comes over. No, I take that back. I was talking, to, I was talking to St. Louis. One of the producers, we used to call it the Bat Cave, comes out of like yeah. the curtain. <laughs> yeah, you know, that. comes out of comes from behind the curtain, and they're like, "Seasons, we need to change your battery pack." I'm like, "Oh, okay." I go over, and she whispers to me, "She's like, listen, if you want to stay, you need to go and confront Sincere about what she said about you." And I'm like, "I'm sorry, who's Sincere? Like, isn't <laughs> the I don't even know." So I am like, got oh. here, <laughs> and then literally when I turn around, she's gone. I'm just like, okay, <laughs> what do I do? Like, and so I asked St. Louis, I said, St. Louis, who is sincere? And she was like, oh, girl. And when she told me who she was, I was like, oh, why her? Because she, like you said, out the gets is very, oh. mm-hmm. And after, I, I've never been in a fight my entire life. I'm very just kind of like, uh. Oh. So I was, I, I was scared. I'm not even, I was scared. And so I asked her, I said, well, what did she do? Apparently they were playing like charades or something mm-hmm. and since they were like, oh, do seasons. And she just stood up and didn't do anything. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> but then it clicked it. I was like, okay. Clearly they want me to go and say something. So I go over and I was like, are you sincere? She was like, yeah. Just as confused. <laughs> and I was like, I heard you were talking about me. She was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I heard that you were playing charades and, and impersonated me. What did you do? And then I just stood there. She was like, just that. And so then she stood up and then it was and it was on from that point on. And and let me just tell you, Lacey, it was exhausting. I was about to
0: ask you that. Yeah, it's because it was constant. It was like nonstop.
1: It was ex- exhausting. It was like, we were fighting and I it, like Sunday, she would just want to argue. I'm like, sincere, it's the Lord's day. Can you just <laughs> lay by the pool? And like, I, because I, again, I'm not a fighter. I don't like to raise my voice. I don't. So of course, like when, when I was engaged as a naturally, I'm going to defend myself and, you know, all of that, but it was, it were moments where I was like, I don't even want to do this girl. But yeah, so that's how our feud started. Mm,
0: Yeah. (laughs) And, And just like seemingly over nothing, but I, I, I do know, and I've talked about this a lot on the podcast that. The producers, you know, they, they're involved, but they're not, and they kind of just show up like mysteriously. I always say that it's almost like they just come out of the walls, <laughs> you know, and, and they like to, they like to get that, that drama going. And, um, I thought that it, it's interesting because you do come across as like a very like chill, easygoing, level headed woman. And, um, but you definitely, you held your own and you stood your ground. You're like, I'm not going to let this bitch, you know, come at me like that all the time. But at the same time though, there was moments where I felt like you had an amazing, incredible amount of patience. Like case in point, when um, the twins and, um, and actually it might've been sincere, there was a third girl, were like throwing your stuff around and, and your suitcase, you know, like, I'm like, damn, that girl's got something. Like they're throwing your stuff. Like this is your belongings, you know, and they're disrespecting you. And you were patient. I was impressed.
1: Yeah. And you know, but you know what that was? And, and again, it, this may sound very, I don't know, I, in the back of my mind, kept telling myself, I do not want to be, Goog- when people Google me, I don't want them to see me fighting on national TV. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was, I was very cognizant of, of that, even in those moments. And again, because I had never been in a physical altercation. I didn't want my first fight to be against three girls who clearly (laughs) do that for a living. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just crazy. That's like going against Mike Tyson. I'm not doing it. You know, no, now I say all that I wasn't scared. It's just that I did. I just, I, I did not want to get scratched up. I wasn't trying to have my hair pulled out and and I just, you know, I have a nine year old son who's going to be an adult. I just, didn't. I never wanted it to turn into something where when you look up Autumn Joy, and now that my career is blossoming, you see me fighting on national TV. And and so I was, I, yeah. And I I got that question a lot and people were surprised when I told them that, but you know, I, those girls, I mean, I, I knew that it was for television. I knew, you know, that they were trying to get a rise out of me. And it was crazy because that particular scene when every producer every everybody that was on set that day was standing in the doorway because they thought that we were about to start fighting mm-hmm. i mean like every producer was was there this and, and so yeah yeah but but you know it was it was hard it was very hard you know there were moments because i'm one of those people i cry when i get frustrated so whenever you would see me cry it wasn't because they hurt my feelings it was because i was just frustrated mm-hmm. at like Yo, like, leave me alone, you know, like, I don't, I'm not trying to fight y'all. We can argue all day, but the physical stuff, like, I don't do that.
0: Right, right. Yeah, Yeah, I, I totally get it. And also, at the end of the day, like, the whole reason you're doing this is because it's supposed to be a fun experience.
1: Right. right. Yeah. yeah. A fun experience. Not anything that's going to follow me neg- negatively like that for the rest of my life. I just, again, I just was very nervous about being Googled and, and that popping up. So. Yeah.
0: I, I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, so I have some fan questions. Um, a lot of people, um, and by the way, um, a lot of people were saying, and I, I actually believe this too. A lot of people were saying that they think that, um, that it was just like a jealousy thing with with her. Like they just like thought that she kind of like zeroed in on you because, you know, she was just jealous. You're pretty and you're well-spoken and you've got things going on for yourself. So, um, and oh, and the other thing too, I noticed is anytime there was an altercation, um, like um, there was the the one day where you guys were like on the radio, right? Right. And, um, and even at the reunion show, when you guys were both up there at the same time, the audience was like, totally like had your back. So that must've felt good and felt validating. Like every time there was a chance for somebody to like say whose side they were on, they always had your back. So that had to have felt good. Yeah,
1: it did, you know, but, but honestly, Lacey, I, I am such an empathetic person. I still really felt bad for her, especially after the parents episode, when we met her father it was like, ah, okay. A lot of how, why she's the way she is, I understand now. And so I began to empathize with her. I didn't, I began to feel bad, you know, oh that's Um, really,
0: you have that kind of compassion. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. You know, and and then I found out, you know, she was a mother of two at the time. So I know it it probably was hard to be away from her her children. And so, you know, I, I, I empathize with her, you know, I, I even at the dinner table, when they were like, go around and make, say compliments, I, I complimented her, she gave me like a backhanded compliment, yeah. whatever, but, you know, I, for me, it was like, I, a lot of that was perpetuated, like you said, by the story producers, and, you know, they needed to have that story, but it did get to a point you know especially when we were in France where i was like y'all i'm i can't i can't do this anymore mm-hmm.
0: so. yeah yeah it's exhausting and especially like god you're in france like you don't want it to be you know overshadowed by this drama do you think there was any part of her that was um doing this because like like for me on rock of love it was it was definitely like a calculated move like i wanted to be that villain character do you think that's what she was trying to do or do you think that that's just who she is or maybe a little bit of both you know what i
1: I think that I think it was a more of a defense mechanism mm. because, you know, honestly, uh, currently, you know, we're friends on social media. Oh, you, you are. know, that's
0: awesome. Yeah. I mean,
1: she's got a beautiful family. I mean, she's I've always thought that sincere was a very pretty girl. I, I, and I still stand by that. Like I said that at the dinner table, like I think that she's a pretty girl, you know. And so I will say that I don't I just think that there were like deeper issues, like stuff that she was dealing with and, and lashing out and, and being like that was her way of of coping and you know again her defense mechanism and because you know I was I was the one that they chose to be her arch nemesis I just got the most of it you know but I I mean I could deal with I could handle it it wasn't I I didn't lose any sleep at night you know once I was eliminated and was able to get back to normal life I was like thank god you know and and even after that like Maybe like a couple of months after the reunion show, I even still, you know, was trying to like reach out like, hey, you know, how are you? I never really got any responses because people, you know, they take some of that stuff really personal. But right. I I don't think that I think that she's a good person at heart. I just again, in those moments, because the house was so volatile, mm-hmm. because that's all we did and, you know, all that estrogen there you know you got being uh pent up for a month and a half with just girls it it can be a little testing you know so we all were going through it girl
0: yeah (laughs) absolutely well being being pent up in a house anybody just twenty four seven. you know you're going to get on each other's nerves you know that's going to happen and then now add in like competition and then add in alcohol and all the other and then the personalities so yeah you're totally totally right about that um So I have a couple of questions here from some of the fans. Um, Ooh, yeah, this is a good one. Okay, so um, one of the Talk of Love uh, contributors, uh, his name is Stephen F., he asks, when Raina called the house after she was eliminated, did she mention anything about having someone call and pretend to be a pimp asking for Miami? And other people were kind of elaborating on that question, um, asking like, what did you know about it? Did, Did it seem like Raina was behind it? Yeah, that was like, that was crazy. That's like the big mystery. So what? What's your take on all that?
1: So let me let me my mental role because I, I was the one that answered the phone maybe yeah. so okay I do remember because Reina oh she was a character let me yeah. tell you um and, and, and I was surprised she didn't make it further but uh, I do remember when she called I did think it was a little bit suspect because I was just like um okay, this sounds kind of like a, a woman, like, but I don't, um, a guy, maybe a pimp, in Miami, like, so I, again, you know, the producers, you know, had a hand in that. Well, of course, I'm not 100%. How would she have
0: the phone number otherwise? Like,
1: exactly. you know, hello, slave's
0: so, house, please, you know.
1: <laughs> right. So again, you know, because people are watching it in the way that it's edited, it, it did look a certain way, but I you know looking back on it, I, I I think that they did Miami really dirty. You know, yeah.
0: She was but here not- recently. Sorry to me to cut you off. She was Ooh. here um a few months ago, and and she was like, yeah, that really like fucked with me. Like she, I mean, of course it did. Like she's not a hoe, and she doesn't have a pimp. And then there's this whole narrative that that that's what's going on. And as you know, a lot of people believe that every single thing that happens in reality television is real. You know, but clearly the producers are giving the phone number to somebody and. So the, the mystery is like, did, is this, was this like really one of the male producers just pretending? Was this, was this Raina? Like it's a mystery still.
1: Yeah. Well, I I know it was, I believe it was Raina that called, but it was the producers that put her, put her up to it, you know? And again, when you're in the house and the producers are kind of telling you to do stuff in my heart of hearts, because I liked Miami, Miami was cool. So it, I felt bad. I genuinely did feel bad, like having to say, Hey, and, and be involved in that. But again, it's a competition, you know, and you got to just keep rolling with the punches. If you're if you're in there, you just got to keep going. And as you know, as time progresses, you can kind of tell who's going to be on the chopping block. You can you can you can get a sense for how they're setting things up, and you know, you can you you can kind of feel like okay, they're clearly they're doing this because they're trying to um, get Miami. But I do think that the Miami situation, they did that because. They brought her back for a couple of other shows, and they were gearing up for the the load of new girls that they dropped on us. But yeah,
0: that was really crazy too. That that was strange that you guys had to deal with that. Where, did you get any sense of like where these girls came from or why? Like, you know, I mean, were they like the the leftovers from season two? I mean, what what exactly was that? Here's here's
1: what it is, and if you go back and look at it, you'll you'll see why. So. If you look at the girls that were left in the house, it was me, Prancer, Sincere, Thing. One of the things I think, and at that time we had formed like a little bit of an alliance. We were like, all right, we're gonna put you know whatever to the side. If you look that episode, Prancer was like, hey, we should put on um, pajamas and look cute for Flay. Da 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 da. The producer put her up to that mm-hmm. because they knew that these new girls were gonna walk in there dressed to the nines. <laughs> so yeah. it's gonna sound very shallow. None of us were very busty up top. We were we didn't have, you know, boom boom boom. So they needed some more eye candy more boom 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 if ah you will.
0: that makes sense okay okay yeah so, so I do think that you know they
1: did that you know specifically to 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 keep the ratings and to keep you know people interested in the body you know how it is yeah right? totally just, that's what they brought like the girls were all stacked and had bodies so
0: yeah yeah I mean yeah actually the way you describe it that totally makes sense um so one thing I wanted to ask, um, I meant to ask one of the other girls this before and I just forgot. So I'll ask you, how was how was being in France? Because like that would be a dream trip for anybody. And of course, these are like totally different circumstances, but do, do you get to have time to yourself or time to enjoy the city or how was that for you? Yeah, so
1: to just kind of backtrack some. So at the, when we found out we were going to the South of France, that was the parents episode. And of course, you know, I was okay. Up until my, I saw my parents. When I saw my parents, at that point, I was like, I want to go home. I miss my family. Oh, I'm ready oh. to go. I told my parents off camera. I was like, please just take me with you. Tell them I'm sick. Yeah. Like, I can't do this anymore. And then that night, we found out our trip was to the south of France. And at that point, I said, oh, hell no. I'm <laughs> going to the south of France. I will dug I will it out for another week if I have to. And because I knew Flav really liked my parents. I, I knew that I was a shoe in. I got my, I actually got my cloth first that episode. And yeah, so right. once I knew I was going to, yeah, once I knew I was going to the South of France, I was like, Oh, we're in there. But when we got there, you know, it was, I mean, it was beautiful. I, I, of course have never been to France, you know, it was on VH1's dime. So I'm just like, well, let's do this. The thing is when we, when we got there, we couldn't really do it on our own, like everything, you know, we, we had our own rooms or whatever, but it was, we couldn't venture out. I really couldn't venture out until after I got eliminated. And then they allowed me to go out with like a PA to, uh, you know, walk around and oh. did some like shopping and did all of that type of stuff. But outside of that, but I mean, we got to swim in the French Riviera. We had a boat, we went thing, ate some good food. So, I mean, I, I enjoyed. I love this. It was, it was amazing. I loved it.
0: That's awesome. That, that makes me happy to hear that you actually got to have some of the, um, the experience. So I remember I was on um, I Love Money 3, which is the one, the season that did not air. But I remember there was days where there was like a lot of downtime and I'm in the house and I'm like looking at the ocean. I'm like, I just want to go swim in the ocean so bad. And I remember trying to talk to the producer, like, please, just, like, just let me go swimming. And they're like, no, you got to stay here. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> so I'm glad you got to actually experience, you know, where you were. That's all the food and the culture and everything. That's awesome. So uh, on Instagram, Barbie wants to know, um, did you know anything about, or did you hear anything about um, Flaves kid's mom staying at the house? There was a rumor that she was there the whole time. Did you know anything about that?
1: Yeah, well, we would see, so early on, we didn't see her, but as, as filming progressed, yeah, we, we saw her a few times, not a lot. Um, and so I, now here's the thing. The twins, they really thought they had a chance with Flav. Like they really liked Flav. Like I am gonna be honest with you. I'm happy she won because I mean she really liked Flav. And when we saw the baby mama kind of on set, that that's when they were like really upset. Yeah because they they really thought that they had a chance and they were, you know, like, well, why is she here and all of that? And I didn't care. I'm just like, hey, hey girl, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, like we we kinda it's season three, you know what I'm saying? We we knew what it I knew what it was. I was there, I really liked Flav, Flav's a great guy, but, you know, I was there to, you know, once I got off to book some parties, make some money and, you know, get my, get my name out there, like everyone. So, but yeah, no, we, we saw her a couple of times, like in in the back, like behind the cameras, kind of walking, going up the steps or, um, carrying, I believe Karma was the baby's name, you know, carrying right. Karma. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. Yeah. That's so, so weird. Prepared. That's so bizarre to me. I mean, why do you think, why do you think she was there? That's so strange.
1: No, marking her territory, maybe. I don't know. You know, again, I would just see her and just go back to whatever I was doing. Like, I didn't really dissect it like how, like, the twins and all of them were doing. Right. Like, I really didn't care. Like I'd grab my plate of food, like oh, and walk up the steps, and you know what I'm saying. Like I, I, I really just. But I did see her a couple of times. So yeah, That's she was on set. Mm-hmm. So
0: wild. That's so wild. So one thing that um that I noticed, I'm like, why are what? No, what are you doing? Was when um I think you guys were at um at the dinner table and um. You basically were, were talking to the girls. You made the same mistake, by the way, that, that Brandy M from Rock of Love One made when Brandy M was like, I don't know if I'm really feeling um, Brett. And then she she told us girls. And of course, like, what are we going to do? We're going to run straight to Brett and, and tell him that. So you kind of made that same fatal mistake. Were you okay. just like, did you just get too relaxed in the moment? Especially in front of Sincere.
1: Well, well no. So this is what happened. So Black, the girl Black. Oh, right. Yeah, we actually formed a really good friendship. And so the night before, she climbed over her balcony. We were in France. Our, our doors are... She climbed over her balcony and came into my room. So that way the producers and, the, you know, they didn't they, knew, they didn't know we were together. Oh, smart. So we were talking and we both were talking about how much we missed having sex with, you know, like we, you know, we were ready to go home. I'm like, girl, I'm so ready to go. Like I am. Re- I'm running to see my family. I never said that I was tired of Flav or whatever. So what happened was I told, again, I told Candace all of it. We were talking together the next day when her and Sincere were talking and she was like, well, well, well season doesn't even want to be here. Da, 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 da. And that's when Sincere put the battery in her back and was like, well, you better tell Flav. And so when she, that's, that's why was she told, so if you notice when she said that to Flav, watch Flav's reaction. Flav was like, season said that? You know, because he, again, Flav really liked me. Like he really rocked with me. And so when, when Black said that, I was like, what? I, Black, seriously? I never, so I, my reaction was literally like, damn girl. Like we were off camera talking and you said the same thing. Like what? Man. And so in that moment, that's when I said, okay, I'm going home. And, and I didn't even, the producers like, the night of elimination, they were like doing my battery. They were like, oh, you should punch Sincere before you go. You oh should. I was like, I'm not doing any of that. I'm I'm going to give flavor
0: a hug, chuck the deuces, and I'm out. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That, that's nuts to me. Uh, Terrence wants to know if you still talk to any of the girls. And um, have you met anybody as far as the other cast from the other of love shows? Have you met any of those girls or guys? Yeah, no, actually, so I'm
1: I'm still good friends with Candace. Well, Black, you know, actually, I was supposed to, we, we just saw each other when I was in Atlanta not too long ago. Nice. You know, that's like my girl. Yeah, we like right even after the show, me, her and Francer, we were really the only ones getting booked. So, you know, they would come to DC and we would do parties together, we would hang out. So yeah, I'm still really good friends with Candace and and Mercedes, we'll, we'll Prancer, uh, Miami. You know, Miami and I, we we talk um, delicious. You know, we, we we chat every now and then. Um, let's see uh, again. I follow me and sincere follow each other. I did reach out to the twins. I guess they're still holding some sort of like vendetta. You know, uh, but they sucks, were, to hear. Yeah, but you know, some people just don't. But you know what? I'm fine with that. But you know, um, outside of that, no, I don't think that there's anybody else. Um, yeah, I, oh I just reconnected with Hotlanna after oh. you posted the flyer. Nice. Yes. Yeah, awesome. that was my girl. Hotlanna was my, my friend in the house. So you know, when I saw her, I was like, oh snap, Hotlana. So so yeah, you know, I mean, all of us girls, we we moved on. That was like a lifetime ago, girl. Yeah, like absolutely. a lifetime 20 pounds ago. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's awesome. Did you um did you consider doing any other shows with 51 minds after that or did they talk to you about that? No, I they never reached
1: out to me about any any more shows. And and honestly, I am okay. I, I Flavor of Love did exactly what it was supposed to do. I was booked and busy for like a year and a half after that. I was hosting parties, traveling around. People knew who I was, you know, I was signing autographs, just, you know, doing all that cool stuff. So, you know, I didn't really feel the need to try to do anything else. But remember, I was I was doing radio, so I still was Successful within my own right, so, so yeah, awesome. um, it did what it was supposed to do.
0: <laughs> nice. So, would you say, looking back, did you overall, in spite of like the drama and you know the exhaustion that comes along with it, did you did you have fun? Would you do it again if you had the opportunity? Oh, absolutely. Well, I wouldn't
1: do another dating show because I am in a happy relationship. Me and my man are woo. But oh, I nice. would do a money show. I wouldn't mind like competing for some money. Like I, you know, at this age, I could do it. Now I wouldn't want to do a reality show that involves me showing like my relationship and all that cuz I just think that reality when you involve too many people in your love life especially strangers that's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah, but, exactly. You
0: know, yeah. Yeah. Oh that's awesome. I love it. I'm glad. I'm glad that you had um that you had fun with it. That makes me happy to hear cuz I feel like as far as the people I've had on the podcast I feel like People fall into one of two categories and it's usually very black and white. They're either like, I loved it. It was so much fun. Or like, I'm totally traumatized. I wish I had never done it. (laughs) It's like one or the other.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think those people, those are the ones who go on there and they're trying to be more than what they are. You know, it's like when you, you, you can't go on national TV and you know, act a fool and then expect for people to respect you or expect for people to, like, for instance, I really felt bad for shy, you know, the girl that had the bad breath.
0: Yes. Oh, I did too. That poor girl. Oh my God. How do you get booked? Like nobody's going to book the stinky
1: breath girl. You know what I'm saying? So I just really (laughs) felt bad for those girls that went, that were over the top trying to do a lot because at that point, nobody's going to book you, you know? So So, yeah, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, everybody knew what they signed up for. You got national exposure. Um, I mean... In hindsight, we were getting paid pennies compared to what the girls get paid now for right. reality. Yeah,
0: that kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Especially when I see like it's gone on to um, like all the streaming services and stuff like that, which they didn't really even have that technology back then. And there have been moments where I have like literally combed through the contract, like trying to find like a loophole. Like, how can I get money from Hulu? <laughs> and like, no, they're like, they're like, you don't get any money for any platform or any, any kind of like technology invented or not otherwise throughout the universe. I'm like, damn, they covered like the universe. Like yeah. oh, <laughs> in case Pluto gets on technology. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We get no cut, but, um, but it sounds like everything after the show, as you were saying, it sounds like everything's great. You're happy. Anything else to report um, since the show, as far as your personal life goes? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, again, I'm, I'm living my dream. You know, I'm, I have my dream job here
1: in, where I'm from, Washington, DC. Um. In an amazing relationship. I have a nine-year-old son that is, you know, he is the light of my life. And I mean, Lacey, I, I honestly, I, I am literally everything that I manifested for myself. I am currently experiencing it and I'm just basking in it right now, girl. I am coasting. I'm making like the most money I've ever made in my life. You know, I've got great endorsement deals. I'm getting booked. I just, it's like I, you know, the I am just reaping what I've sown, and I'm just I'm just loving life right now, and and I'm just so happy that you had me on. This is so dope. <laughs> oh, I'm
0: so I I tell you, I am really happy to hear that. That always makes me smile and makes me happy. I love watching all of the cast members from the show. I love watching people thrive. It makes me really happy. And in fact, it really bums me out to hear if somebody is like. You know their life is falling apart, and like, like I, I really, you know, we all love drama, we all love tea, but I, but I really, I don't want to see that. I want to see people thrive, so it makes me so happy. And actually, you said a key word that I love. You said the word manifest, and I'm a huge believer in that as well. It's all about you know your positive mindset, and just like anytime there's like a hiccup along the way, just like let that shit go. Don't spend too much time thinking about it. Just move on, and um, and it really it it works, and and you're living proof of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Lacey, I honestly, again, I have not one complaint. I I just, I thank 51 Minds and the whole Flavor of Love franchise because, you know, they, I I don't regret a moment of anything that I did on Flavor of Love. I, it was an experience. I had a great time. I mean, it, it helped me grow as a person. And like you said, with all these streaming platforms, you know, I'm getting hit up by, by people that are like 16, 17 years old. And I'm just like, oh my God, you weren't even born when this came out. Like, right. so I just, it's cool. Like, you know, we're getting, like uh, the whole season is like, you know, 10, 15 years later, we're getting lit again because there's a whole nother generation that's watching us. So that's
0: for your Yeah, <laughs> that's what's such a trip about it. It's really funny because sometimes I'm like, I wish I could go back in time to when Rock of Love was going on and there was like haters. And I remember specifically people be like, enjoy your 15 minutes of fame. And I want to like go back in time and be like, try 15 years, bitches. Because yeah, <laughs> that's it was- what it turned into. It's it's wild. Exactly. I feel like we were all really blessed um, in that regard for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Lacey, I'm recording you right now because I want to put this Woo! on my social media. With- hey. <laughs> What's up seasons? Um well Autumn Joy, it was such a pleasure. How can speaking of social media, how can people find you if they have not found you yet? Oh yeah, sure. So you guys can
1: follow me. On everything, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, MySpace, all of that. It's um MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> That's old school. <laughs> everything. Um, it's Autumn Joy uh, with a Joy with an I live on all
0: platforms. Awesome, and I will put that in the description box below the YouTube channel. So awesome! Well, girl, it was so nice to meet you. So nice chatting with you. Thank you so much for your time, and I'm I'm super happy for you. Congratulations, and I wish you all the continued success. Thank you, Lacey. (laughs) Bye. Bye (laughs) Bye-bye. Oh, that was awesome. I love her. She is like such a delightful, wonderful woman. I, it makes me so happy to hear that she's doing so well. Um, anyway, that was a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed this episode of the podcast. And uh, I just want to take a moment real quick to give a shout out to all of the contributors of the podcast. Specifically, I want to shout out to Zena. Uh, Zena is a big advocate of an organization called the Wounded Warriors Project. So if you haven't done so already, please go check them out. They are a great nonprofit organization that helps veterans and definitely go donate to them. And uh, Zina, you rock. Thank you so much for all of your support. Thank you to all of the contributors. You guys are amazing. If you guys are interested in becoming a contributor, or if you just are curious to see what kind of rewards there are, um, or if you're interested in maybe getting some of the reaction videos, uh, definitely go check out the website, which is talkoflove.net. And um you know, the reaction videos have been really, really fun. I have done reaction videos for all of Rock of Love season one. I am almost finished with Rock of Love season two. I've done Charm School with Sharon Osborne. I've done Flavor of Love season one. So definitely go to the website and check that out if you are interested. Thank you guys so much for everything. I love you guys so much. I appreciate your continued support. Take care of yourselves, be safe and don't threaten me with a good time. Bye guys.